Hello and welcome to the Oops Travis Podcast. I am Adam Shelton, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Kurt Schroeder. Kurt, how are you? Uh, still working on the doctorate. Um, so not, not, not quite there, but uh, welcome Fargo Foo. Yeah, that's right, man. We've uh, taken a short hiatus as I've adjusted to my new home. I uh, just got out here in Fargo, North Dakota, covering uh, so far a lot of NDSU football and then uh, North Dakota hockey as well. So very exciting to be covering two very, very good uh, teams within their respective field. Two teams that are going to be competing for a national championship. And I got to say, Fargo's pretty fun so far. Got out there a little bit uh, on Halloween. I didn't have a costume. It was still packed away. I was going to be Wizards Jordan. I got the blue shorts and the Wizards jersey, but I was just myself. So, Comedian is what you dressed up as. Yeah, yeah. I do like my jokes. Uh, speaking of jokes, um, the, the Boston Celtics so far. No, I can't. I can't give you too much crap. They they did hang on to beat the Heat tonight, right? They did. Yeah, ninety five, uh, seventy nine, seventy eight. Impressive. I actually had a few bucks on Miami. Uh, before we get into it, I, I do want to just like have a very brief Celtics talk with you. Um, I really like the Al Hor- Horford pickup. I got him, as you know, in the last round of the draft, and he's actually been one of my best players, but geez, he's really picking up exactly where he left off last time he was the Celtic. And that's crazy. Cause that was like three years ago or something now. Yeah. He's been definitely better than I think people uh, initially thought for sure. So, you know, maybe nice like roll piece off the bench, but he's like slid into that starting five position. Uh, and you know, Robert Williams, he's, he's been really good so far this season, but who knows how long he's going to last. Cause he always has some sort of injuries or something like that. So the fact that Horford is, you know, shooting a good percentage from the outside, shooting well from the floor, um, typical defensive guy inside, uh, a nice surprise for a guy who is, uh, just in his second go around here with the Celtics and, uh, a, a guy that I guess you didn't really expect a whole lot from, but he's been certainly one of their better players, uh, I'd probably slide him in like number two behind Jalen Brown so far this season. Wow. Yeah. And Celtics four and five so far, big win tonight over the Miami heat. It's the 4th of November, Thursday night here, as we record, this will probably go up tomorrow morning, the 5th of November. Uh, but any early impressions on the Celtics? Wildly frustrating. Um, everything that Marcus smart said a couple of days ago about the lack of ball movement, about everything kind of sticking in the fourth quarter. You have Jason Tatum walking it up the floor, Jalen Brown walking up the floor, and everyone knows it's just going to be those two guys. And the, I think the offense has to be um, way more creative than what it is. Uh, you can't play ISO ball. You can't play hero ball. You got to move the ball. But it's, you know, despite what Marcus Smart said and, you know, me agreeing with him, like, I, I just don't know what you do right now because Marcus Smart's like, there's only so much I can do standing in the corner. Well, you're also shooting like 25% from the field. So you're not exactly helping matters when you do get the ball. Um, but yeah, the ball movement has to go or has to, has to improve, obviously. And then uh, Ime Yudoka, you know, he's just a few games and as a head coach. So you kind of expect a slow start and for things to pick up. Yeah, but he's but, no Brad Stevens. Uh, well, I mean, so far it hasn't looked good, but I'm not jumping ship yet. 
And I think the biggest takeaway is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, although they're putting up good numbers and Jalen Brown has looked phenomenal, to be honest. Uh, I, I give him a pass for sure. But Jason Tatum is just so inefficient right now. He's taken a lot of tough shots um, and a lot of those tough shots just aren't falling. So, it, it, you know, you'll want to have better shot selection. You want to have better ball movement. You want to get better guys uh, involved. I kind of like the fact that they brought like Neesmith off the bench and he's finally getting some burn again. I like Romeo Langford's contributions. I like Josh Richardson's contributions. I think that there are certain guys that need more minutes um, off the bench. And I think that you can kind of dial it back with Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder a little bit because they just haven't been efficient. It's kind of been killing them. So it's, it's a work in progress. I do like the fact that they've rattled off a couple wins. They've looked a lot better. Um, but at one point, I believe it was a few days ago, I was looking at their offensive production. They were fourth in uh, points per game on the season, but they were like 22nd in team field goal percentage. So they're getting points. They're just horribly inefficient, and you can't do that for the course of a season. No, that's not sustainable. Uh, well, that's a good little check-in on the stock of the Celtics. And if you're talking sports stock, let me tell you about Symbol. We have a new sponsor. That's right. Uh, we have sponsors now. Uh, I'd like to announce our partnership with Sports Drink, who uh, is brought Hoops Dramas Pod onto their network. And so let's tell you about our new sponsor, Symbol. It's pretty much like the stock market for sports. It allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. And basically, you can treat your teams like stock, and you can make some money off that. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. So uh, join the 7,000-plus early adapters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. I'd be investing in the Bulls right now. I'll tell you that right uh, right now. Uh, visit www.simbull.com to create an account for free when you deposit. Make sure to use the promo code SD. That's the promo code SD. Make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use the promo SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Uh, join Symbol. Start investing and profiting from your squads. And, uh, you know, if you listen to Hoops Dramas, you already know who to, who to invest in. You would have known last year to invest in the Hawks. You know, you'd know this year that the Bulls and, and the Heat were worth investing in. Uh, and so we can help you, you know, help us help you, folks. It's, it's fantastic. And also uh, Spotify Green Room. So I listen to my podcast on Spotify. Uh, I hadn't heard of this until recently, but I'm actually a big fan. I think it's an excellent idea. Uh, it creates a very uh, interactive way to engage with your, your fans. Uh, Spotify Green Room. It's live audio, only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Uh, you can talk to me on the Hoops Dramas podcast and other insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns. Maybe we'll use a little the full court trap. Maybe we get a live audience for real. Who knows? Uh, share your own experiences on the app. Uh, you'll have to check it out. It's Spotify Green Room. It's a free audio only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join the ongoing conversation. Watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. If you want to talk about uh, OBJ and his pity party and his dad 
uh, in his video editing skills, you can talk to us about there. You know, if you're a Browns fan, I would suggest a therapist, but we're the second best thing. Uh, if you're, if you're dying inside from being a Cleveland Browns fan, so shout out JJ, uh, from, from Montana. Um, anyway, talk with other fans too. athletes exclusive in real time during the conversation, have a chance to be featured on YouTube or, and, uh, you know, talk about your team on a podcast. I'll be hosting rooms, uh, every now and again, come through. We'll talk anyway, back to the business. A lot has happened, Kurt, since we last got to talk some hoops. I had to move to North Dakota. Here I am. I'm not quite settled in. I have a lot of boxes out still, but I've been unpacking hoops the whole time. The last day before I left Chicago is at a Bulls-Knicks game, and so I've been consuming as much as I can. I just saw the end of that Celtics heat game. I'm I'm ready to talk some hoops, but before we talk hoops, we got to talk a little fashion. And so the NBA just released some very cool jerseys. I will say that most teams get a pass from me. There's some fails, but we're talking about the 75th anniversary season city jerseys released by the NBA. Kurt, I got five hot. I got five not. I got the same. So fire them off. Who do you like? Top five that you like. All right. So in no particular order, and I'll, I'll tell you why as well. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks absolutely nailed it. You're kind of getting this mix of the 1971-72 Pete Maravich Hawks jerseys when they had that green and blue or the blue and green, if you will. And then you also have a touch of the 90s with the Hawk right on the front, which I think is such a cool concept. I think the 90s were a golden age of NBA uniforms. So the Hawks, probably my favorite. Uh, another team that did a great job kind of going back to the 90s but the whole nineties was the Minnesota Timberwolves. I love the look. I feel like you have the color of that rookie KG era. And then you have that font of uh, when KG started to become KG when, you know, Kevin Garnett became the big ticket. And then uh, I like the sides too. Uh, I think this, the Timberwolves lately, their jerseys have been better than uh, their actual team. Um, I think they actually have a solid team this year, so we'll see about that. But I really like the Timberwolves jerseys and the tributes uh, given in there. Now, the San Antonio Spurs I have on my list as well. Now, I just love the funky colors of this. And there's a very uh, unique little homage paid to the, the Chaparrales, all right? And so my community college, shout out the College of Dreams, College of Page, also known as UCLA. University closest to Lancaster Avenue. And guess what, folks? It's uh, not even a university. And so uh, that that nickname makes no sense, but that's what they called it in the western suburbs of Chicago, UCLA, uh, College of Dreams. And so the COD Chaparrales made me a San Antonio Chaparrales fan. So I love uh, the ABA throwback. I think that's a very unique move uh, by the Spurs. And I want more of that like pink and teal. I just think it's a sharp look. It's a very unique look. Of course, the Chicago Bulls in this one is just classic. You have the 1966 kind of letter front and uh, color, but then you have that, you know, 1980s, like late seventies to early eighties font that you can think of guys like Reggie Theus or uh, Jerry Sloan, Artis Gilmore or rookie Michael Jordan with that Chicago in cursive script. 
I think that's a super sharp look. And then uh, my fifth team on here is the Dallas Mavericks. And it's not like they're reinventing the wheel here, but they brought back the little cowboy hat. I love the little cowboy hat. It's very nostalgic for me. It makes me think of uh, Steve Nash. It makes me think of a young Dirk Nowinski. makes me think of Sean Bradley, Kurt. Love Sean Bradley. Michael Finley, all right? You have some dudes out there in those. And, um, you know, my godfather, shout out to Uncle Chuck uh, in, in Dallas, the Dallas area anyway. He would always send me Mav stuff when I was a kid. And so that was a team that I was kind of a fair weather fan for in grade school. And so it's just very nostalgic for me to kind of see uh, Luka Doncic in this throwback, but it's like a modern take on the throwback, like so many of these jerseys. Uh, so there's my hot. Who's, who, who do you got on your list? Uh, I have three matches. So okay. we're, on, we're on the same wave, uh, wavelength here. So uh, the matches, I have Atlanta as well. Um, and one of the things that I kind of look for in a City Edition uniform is it kind of has to pay homage to some of like the old uniforms they have. So if you already had a good uniform in the past, it's a lot easier to come up with a City Edition one or just kind of do a, a, a unique modern spin on it. And then there are a lot of teams that didn't have a, uh, a great throwback uniform. So it, it would be difficult, but with Atlanta, you know, that that's something that we saw in the nineties. Um, I just love the, the red and the yellow, but it doesn't give me like McDonald's vibes. It's, yeah. like, a deep, it's, it's like a, it's like a deeper red and a deeper kind of goldish. Yeah. So I, I do like that Jersey, uh, the Mavericks as well, uh, or were on my list. And of course it goes back to the little cowboy hat. hundred percent. If you can show some way that you have a design that is specifically unique to your area or your mascot or your team or your history, whatever it may be. Um, I think they hit it out of the park there. And then the Timberwolves as well. Uh, you know, the first thing I, I thought of when I saw that was, you know, you know Kevin Garnett as a, a late teen. And I mean, they have just had great uniforms year after year. Yeah. So uh, Timberwolves for sure. Those are the, the three matches that we have. Uh, the two differences I have, it's the Raptors. I like yeah. the Raptors. Those, those um, are sick. Yeah, the black and gold. But anytime you can put the dinosaur with the basketball on it, it's yes. just going to be so much better than everyone else's. Because Hashtag it's just bring back the dinosaurs. Yeah, it's it's a great look. Um, and I also kind of like the fact that they've deviated a little bit from like the purples and the red and just kind of went with a different color scheme for it. But again, uh, dialing it back to like the 90s when you have – uh, the, the little cartoonish little dinosaur guy. Uh, I think that that's like super cool and super unique. And the little 19 is a great touch. And then uh, the last team I have, which would be a, a difference here is the Nets. And okay. so well, I, I look at that and it's like a classic look. Um, Cause it, I mean, it's essentially what Drazen Petrovic was wearing back in the day, but it has like a modern little spin on it. Yeah. So it, it's like, we're going to acknowledge the history and then we're also going to make it a little bit more modern. It's not exactly like the Nets logo that we saw in the 2000s when you had like Kerry Kittles and Keith Van Horn. It's a little bit more updated than that, but I just like it better than the black and white traditional Brooklyn jersey. Yeah, it, it kind of gives me New Jersey Nets vibes. In uh, some of the side paneling, kind of gives me ABA vibes, maybe uh, Dr. J type vibes. But yeah, as you mentioned, some of the better ones did a really good job of kind of paying homage. And this one, especially you mentioned Drazen Petrovic. I think that's the first player 
I thought of when I looked at those jerseys. So uh, they were kind of on my honorable mentions. I also think, uh, you know, Denver did a really nice job. I like the rainbow panel. Charlotte is pretty cool. You got like the honeycomb on top and then the pinstripes. Uh, so they're, they're an honorable mention. The Pacers are cool, but like, I felt like we've seen this before, uh, with them. Uh, the Knicks just look tough. The Knicks, like that's a nice intimidating uniform for a physical kind of old school team with some modern, with a modern twist. I think it really fits, uh, their identity right now is they're a team that's starting to, uh, take a step forward this year. And so, that that's a good look in Memphis has done some really good stuff. I like that Memphis is kind of like acknowledged that the Vancouver jerseys were better. You know what I mean? With the throwbacks like, Oh yeah. It's like when we're Vancouver, but we're Memphis. Uh, so those are my uh, honorable mentions. Now I got some knots. We got our hots. We got our knots. Uh, why don't you get us started with your knots? You want me to just rattle off all five? Sure. All right. First, the Celtics. Yep, they're on my list. Yeah, it's boring, and it's just too much green. There's no contrast, and it's just, in my opinion, it's very similar to, like... Every jersey they've ever had. <laughs> yeah, the traditional white with the green lettering, but then they were like, wait, why don't we just keep that same look, but then we're just going to make the jersey green. And it's just, it's too much green, not enough white. Um, I, I guess I kind of appreciate, like, the little silhouette that they have with the white accenting the green, but it's just not different enough for me. Yeah. So I'm going to pass on that. Uh, Kings, Sacktown. <laughs> the, the joke, the jokes write themselves. It's 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 something that you know when you're kind of a laughing stock of the league for like 16 years, you can't do something with Sacktown. You got to have something better than that, especially too with kind of the throwback logos that we've seen from the Kings over the years with that baby blue and the red with the lion. I love that look like you you'd think that they would kind of go with something along those lines. Yeah. But to just have a black Jersey with a very traditional uh, kind of that cursive script that we've seen, you know, a, a handful of teams use across multiple sports. Uh, it's, it, it's not a good look. Uh, the thunder, the thunder, they're just lazy. Let's be honest. I mean, it's just white with white and more white. Yeah. It, it kind of looks like those little practice jerseys that you would get in like peewee hoops where it's got the mesh on it and there's not a lot of contrast. There's not a lot of accents. Uh, you just have OKC on the vertical paneling there and then a number and it's just white, which they're boring and their jersey's boring. Yeah. Spice it up a little bit. Uh the fourth team I have, Miami, which is so sad because I feel like their city edition uniforms have been absolutely fire in the past. Yeah. And I just look at it and I know that this is what they're going for. I just don't like it. You have different fonts for every letter, for every number, and the color is different. It just doesn't mix well. And I don't, I like, I, I get that it kind of pops a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like it's just too busy. There's too much going on. Whereas in the past, when uh, they, they've had like those baby blue teal gradient ones with like the pink and the black, I felt like that was, it popped, but it also was simple enough. This I feel like is just busy and it looks like a, like a third grader had made it in art class or something. Uh, and then the final team I have here, food, this is probably going to be one that you disagree on based on what you just said, the Knicks. Um, I, I, I'm looking at it and like objectively it's fine 
but it's just black and orange. And I'm looking at when these were released, which was like the third or fourth week of October. And <laughs> the, the, the vibe I get is that everyone in the New York Knicks front office or the design team or whoever put these out was like, okay, we got to think of something. We got to think of something cool. Like, you know, what, what can we do here? And they're like, oh, Halloween is next week. Let's, let's just go all in on Halloween. And they didn't put any effort toward it <laughs> with the jersey. The, the, the siding is the same. The font is the same. The letters are the same. It's just orange and black. And it's just like you totally know they just mailed it in. All right. That's fair. These are my thoughts. That's fair. Uh, we have a few matches. Uh, yeah, the Celtics and the Heat were on my list. Uh, two teams I'm, I'm clumping together, okay, for the exact same reason. Why? Because it's the same jersey as last year. New Orleans. You know Phoenix didn't have, they didn't have a jersey. Like it's literally the exact same jersey. Like Utah. I'm not even exaggerating. It is last year's jersey. Like, yep. Stupid. It's stupid. Uh, and then the next one is like, okay, you're gonna have a tribute to your team's history, right? That's great. Okay. Then why isn't it your team's colors? Like, are the Magic just going to change their colors to this weird, like, electric sun color and black? Because that's kind of the vibe I'm, I'm getting. I feel like they don't want to fully commit these last few seasons. Uh, and the Magic have always, like, had a very good thing going with the blue and the black and the white. And they're like, ooh, space, fire, magic. And it's stupid. It's very stupid. And I, I look at this jersey and it's similar to a jersey they've already had. And the colors don't make any sense because they're not the team colors. Like you have this weird, I don't even know what color it is, Kurt. Is it orange? Is it yellow? Is it sun? That's that's what I'm calling it. That's yeah, it's like pinkish and orange. And the thing that stands out to me when I was looking through these jerseys, it's like Miami put theirs out first, and then Orlando was like, okay, we're not gonna copy it, we're gonna make it different, and then they made it the same. It's so stupid. I think that's the worst one for me. I mean, the Heat are so bad. It looks like um, I, I've seen this all over Twitter. I can't claim originality on this, but it looks like a ransom letter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it literally looks like you cut out like from magazines, like you said, like a fourth grade art project and just yeah. like pasted on this jersey. Like they had some sort of special contest and little Billy won, <laughs> you know, like little Billy from uh, 3L at, uh, you know, Parker Elementary. He, he won the special contest and he, he'll be featured in the, the Miami Heat uh, program for the year or something, but it's stupid. And I was watching the game tonight, and what makes it even more confusing is all the jerseys are different. <laughs> like, you know, they're the they're the same on the front, but one guy's got black and blue, and the other guy's got red and white. And you can't even tell what their damn number is because like some of them are black on black, and then the other guy might be blue and red and or blue and uh, like orange, yellow, like there's no continuity. I don't understand how you sell merchandise. I don't understand like what anyone's expecting anyone's Jersey to look like. I'm very interested to see what these look like in 2k because I'm wondering how a video game even like was able to, if they got all the jerseys right for the different players, because the different players have different colors 
it's it's all over the place. I get it. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to basically say, oh, let's take every jersey we've ever had and put it on one jersey. Uh, you understood the assignment, <laughs> but you took it way too literally. It's bad. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, should we move into some basketball talk, or do we have any other thoughts on these jerseys? You have more dislikes? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I got the Utah Phoenix. Uh, like I said, then the Magic, and then we both agree on uh, Heat and Celtics not being good. Yeah, Utah and Phoenix, it's the same thing. Yeah, literally the same thing. And as I said with the Celtics, like I think that they actually have the most difficult task in doing these jerseys because the Celtics are all about tradition. And so if they paid homage to old jerseys, they kind of did last year with what they did with the banners. Yeah, but like those you are said, good. this is just a green shirt. Yeah. Like this looks like something you'd get at Target. Uh, just throw some sleeves on it. And it's like, oh yeah, that's a like mediocre at best Celtics t-shirt for a Celtics fan. But the that's banner. what you're gonna wear. Yeah, the banner font was such a low-key flex last year. Like, I don't think people realize what that font was from, but yeah, this is just overwhelmingly green. You look like a lawn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like those Bucks jerseys. Those are also too similar. Like they tried to blend the old with the new and it was like, wait a minute, we just changed the side paneling. That's it. Yeah, but I will say the side paneling I, I like because it's like 90s colors with the 80s look because the 80s colorway would have been like green and red. which is very Wisconsin, uh, but I, I felt like it works. Um, but it's more traditional for sure. Houston, I like Houston's. I like Houston's as well. Yeah, that's a very 90s look. Some of my favorite jerseys ever are the, uh, like Charles Barkley are a Houston Rockets with the uh, Space Needle and the rocket ship on the front. Portland's is cool too. Rip City never gets old. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So... Anyway, let's uh, move into the top 75. This is somewhat old news now, but uh, we haven't recorded since uh, this kind of came out. And so we we texted a lot, though. We we've texted about this a lot. And I think the consensus we have on it is how hard it is to come up with 75 players who are the best throughout NBA history. And so I think no matter what, you're going to get some snubs. I have two on my list uh, is really what I narrowed it down to. One guy I think is just someone that he's won some championships. He's one of the best ever. He's top three at the very least best ever at what he does. And I'm surprised he's not on that list. He's also one of my favorite players. And then another guy is someone I look at and then I'm like, okay, well, if you have this guy and this guy, then how do you not have that guy? Um, and I'm keeping it intentionally mysterious right now. Uh, but who are your snubs, Kurt? What are your thoughts on this top 75 list? I know you're a modernist. Yeah. I have three guys I want on and three guys I want to take off. And I feel like if I wanted to go further in depth and do a lot more research, I could. Um, so I'll, I'll make my analysis quick here, but I'm going to list the three guys I want on and the three guys I would take off because I feel like it's extremely lazy to say, oh, these people got snubbed and then not say who you'd take off in the process. So, uh, number one, Clay Thompson, 
Yeah. I have him as the second best shooter of all time behind Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, a guy who gets so unbelievably hot when he's on. And I think we're all going to remember all of his, those games where, you know, 30 plus in a quarter, 60 in three quarters, and just the, the amount of times that he was able to put the ball in the hoop and not even put it on the floor. Um, people are going to remember Clay Thompson for that, especially too. great defender, um, three-time champion as well. Um, and not one of those guys who just got rings just for the sake of getting rings, pivotal part of those Warriors teams when they were winning. Um, Dwight Howard, I have on there as well. Eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defensive Team, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, top five in MVP voting four times. This guy was one of the best centers, if not the best center, for like a decade when he was with the Magic. And had some good years, although maybe a little underwhelming depending on your preference and your standards, but <laughs> with the, the Lakers and the Rockets. I mean, before this guy went to D.C., and Charlotte and kind of had some stops along the way, Philly. Uh, I mean, he's Superman and he really was Superman. Yeah. Tremendous basketball player, tremendous center, absolute hall of famer. Just one of those guys where like, if he were to retire after his stint, maybe with like the Rockets, no brainer. And I still think he's a no brainer hall of famer, but you know, he, he just wants to keep playing basketball. So I'm going to let him live a little bit. Uh, Tracy McGrady, my third guy. Um, arguably the greatest scorer in that 2000s decade for like seven years uh, with the Magic and the Rockets. Didn't necessarily do it at an efficient clip, but I mean, 32 points a game, 29 points a game for a couple of years there with uh, the Magic. And he had no help. So that was all T-Mac. And everyone knew uh, who was getting the ball, who, you know, what he was going to do with it. And they just couldn't stop him. I also think back to the 13 points in 35 seconds or whatever it was with the uh, Rockets against the Spurs. Uh, also, some of the best shoes I've ever seen. Those Adidas yep. T-Mac 3s, uh, phenomenal. They were very comfortable, but they were cool looking. They were cool. Um, so two-time scoring champ, seven-time All-NBA. Then the three guys I'm going to take off, and I keep it real brief. I just found one or two things to nitpick with these guys. And go figure, Adam. They're all old dudes. <laughs> uh, Dave DeBusher. So 16 points a game for his career on 43% shooting from the floor. Not high volume, not all that efficient, all league once. I feel like you can do a lot better than that when you're selecting 75 players of all time and having them in a list. That's uh, a good point. Second guy, and this one, this is probably the, the first guy I would take off. Dolph Shays shot 38% for his career. Are you telling me that you can't find a guy who shot better than 40%? Like 38, that is it's like Marcus Smart numbers. These are <laughs> offensive efficiency numbers. Uh, Dolph Shays, get out of here. And I hate to put this guy on here, but he's easy to target. Bob Cousy. Um, you look at some of the highlights, and he rarely dribbles with his left hand. It's just one of those things where, like, the dump-offs are this guy who has no idea how to play the game of basketball, and he just showed up to the YMCA and just wants to horse around. Like, those are the vibes I get watching the 15 minutes of highlights uh, that I did to prepare for this podcast of Bob Cousy. So, you know, tremendous Celtic. He obviously set up his teammates. Good passer. It's it's like a sloppy YMCA game. That is what I see when I watch Bob Cousy. And I'm feeling like, okay, if you have a guy from, like, you know, the 50s and 60s where the play is a little bit different, then you can't tell me that 60, 70 years later, that you don't have more skilled guys than what we saw, you know, so long ago. Yeah. So 
those are the three I would take off. And I feel like T Mac, Dwight, and Clay are e- easier arguments to be made for. And I would say, you know, Kuzi, all star from 1950 51 season all the way to 62 63, and won a ton of championships, man. Uh, so I, I, I get it. And I think that he's an important part of basketball history, but I agree. Are you telling me you can't find someone better? Like he shot 37 and a half percent from the field on his career with 18 points and seven and a half assists. Like, come on, man. Come on. I'm not wowed by those numbers. Yeah. And maybe we're just, you know, not old enough. Who knows? I'm sure there's, we have a lot of 90-year-old men who listen to this podcast, Kurt. 90-year-old men love podcasts. I don't know if you knew that. And they listen to them frequently. And so, you know, these old guys are really upset right now. I've checked the demographic, and most of our listeners are 94 and older. And so, sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to think of, like, a stereotypical really old man name. Do you got anything? Horace? Horace. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, Horace. <laughs> no, but I, I agree. Uh, I would totally be okay with those guys being off. And I'm someone who I really respect the history. Like one guy who has to be on the list is George Mikan, because when they widened the lanes from eight to 12 feet, it was because of George Mikan. Uh, I can't remember if he was on the Minneapolis Lakers, the Chicago Stags at the time, but we're going back so early and this is a guy who won a lot of championships and he was like the first guy that you're seeing names on the marquee uh you know george mikan versus the new york knickerbockers i think that there's a lot of history there and i get it and i think that's why you can make an argument for a guy like koozie clay's my biggest snub uh as you mentioned he's probably the second best shooter ever when i think of the best shooters of all time and, and, and I, I want volume shooters too, right? Because if we're going to look at it, like I'm not going to say Steve Kerr, even though, yeah, maybe it's Steve Kerr. He shot the highest career three-point percentage. And if you put him in today's game, he'd be a better Seth Curry maybe, you know? But I digress. Clay Thompson has won multiple championships. You're going to have Bob Cousy and Dave DeBush on this list, and you're not going to have Clay Thompson, also a multi multiple champion and who's had some of the greatest games historically in NBA history per minute. He's just fractionally off what Will Chamberlain did when he had hundred points in a game. I think that's one of the greatest scoring games ever. I mean, that's 60 points in 29 minutes. Give me a break, man. And I think another thing about Clay Thompson is how much gravity he has. Like the defense has to guard the rest of the team in a completely different way whenever Clay Thompson's on the floor. And that's made guys from Andre Iguodala, you know, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Sean Livingston. It's gotten these guys open looks. Because if you aren't guarding Clay when he's within 38 feet of the hoop or 40 feet of the hoop, then he might drop one on you. And uh, I think it just creates these problems. So it's like, it's weird because I'm not talking about his skill. I've, I've said so much about his skill, but this is like a skill in itself without even being a skill. Like he's such a, uh, a phenomenon and he represents the evolution in the game that you have to, if you're going to like pay homage to the, these old heads, then you got to respect 
the people who are leading the modern revolution as well. And I think he's on the short list for that. Uh, the other guy for me is Ben Wallace. This guy was the best. Like if you're going to have Dwight Howard, I'm, I'm taking Ben Wallace above Dwight Howard uh, and no disrespect to guys like ben, uh, uh, Dwight Howard, but Ben Wallace, like for a while there, he was the best defender in the league. And it wasn't that close uh, from that, like Oh, two Oh three to 05, 06, the Pistons, I believe were at least in the conference finals every single year during that stretch. And at the peak of his talents, he's pulling down 15 rebounds a game, 13 rebounds a game. He's given you more than two blocks a game, uh, you know, three and a half at his peak. He had three seasons in a row where he had more than three blocks a game. You have that iconic image of him blocking Shaquille O'Neal when he was on the Miami Heat which at the time Shaq's still kind of this Titan and Ben Wallace is like this, who the hell is this Ben Wallace guy at that point? And this guy is also undrafted. I think that's extremely cool that this guy comes out of mountain union in the 96, 97 draft class. And technically, you know, cause he's in the 2k game. Right. But if you download the 96, 97 draft class, you know, what's interesting is Ben Wallace isn't in there. And it's strange, but Hey, he didn't get drafted. Uh, but it's insane what he accomplished. He is everything that Detroit basketball represents. And so I would probably put him in there, even though I'm a Bulls fan. You're talking about a four-time defensive player of the year, uh, a block champion, only a four-time all-star, two-time rebounding champion. He's an NBA champion. He's six-time all-defense. And when you're making your short list of the best defenders of all time, he's right there. So for me, it's Clay and Ben. And did it undersized too, 6'9", at the center position. Yeah. So honestly, absolutely incredible uh, what he's been able to accomplish. And uh, I was a little surprised, especially when I saw Dennis Rodman on that list. I was like, okay, you're going to have Rodman, but you're not going to have Ben Wallace. That's, that's weird to me, my friend. That's weird to me. Uh, anyway, symbol. It's uh, the sports stock market, folks. It allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make some cash on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think, think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low, sell high for profit. Uh, so if you think you got a good read on these sleeper teams, this is what you want to do. And uh, when you do it, use the promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose your money or you decide the market isn't it for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Uh, and then I want to tell you about Spotify Green Room once again. It's really cool. It's a sports fan's best friend. If you want to uh, talk to us uh, on Hoopstradamus, it's, it's a great way to do that. We, have, we haven't given it a go yet, but I'm sure we will soon. Live, audio-only sports talk platform. Uh, talk to us. Get in the conversation. Uh, get a chance to talk to other experts, athletes. Download the Spotify Green Room app for free on the iOS app store. Create a profile. Link your Twitter. Uh, and join the group. And so uh, give, give that a go, folks. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to giving it a shot real soon here. 
and keep the conversation rolling. Uh, I think it'll be a very fun way to interact with you guys, our loyal listeners. Uh, Jumping into the second half of the show now, Kurt, we're talking power rankings. And you know what? I think I got some good one. I I think I had some good takes in our season previews. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that for now. Very good. How about we go back and forth? We'll start at five and then we'll go up to one, but we'll alternate. Okay. I like that. Uh, You may begin. Number five, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Not, not necessarily the win total that we expected, but of course it's a long season and uh, you know, maybe they're kind of looking forward to the playoffs a little bit. They'll be there. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, but right now, just not number one, uh, Kevin Durant, 28 points a game on 59% shooting. Those are just disgusting numbers. My MVP pick at the beginning of the season, he's right on pace for that. Uh, James Harden averaging almost a triple double, uh, points per game down a little bit, 18, but seven boards, nine assists, almost averaging a triple double, which is just something that we've kind of grown accustomed to with James Harden. Uh, not necessarily putting up the Russell Westbrook triple double numbers, but a guy that, uh, as you mentioned, in terms of short lists, he would definitely be on there if you're looking for guys who could get a triple-double any given night. And I like the scoring off the bench with LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, kind of a career renaissance, I guess, if you're thinking about, hey, he couldn't play, heart condition, comes back. I believe he's 36 years old. And he's just you know leaving off kind of where he was at the end of his career, where he's still able to contribute um, from kind of that, like, 16 foot range, uh, that mid range pull up that he has, uh, very consistent shooting. Um, but a guy who's getting you like 12 points a game. Um, and you know, I don't really think anyone knew what to expect from Marcus Aldridge, so he's been great off the bench for them so far. I have the Brooklyn Nets at five. Okay, uh, at five, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a team I was way down on, and they beat the Bulls last night. And uh, Andre Drummond had this monster game the other night. Uh, (laughs) I think that that's like kind of working so far. It's just nice that you have someone in Drummond that Embiid is going to inevitably miss time. That's just who he is. But in Andre Drummond, you have this guy where like Embiid's out and you have someone who's gonna be able like to just be a center the other night against uh, Portland. He had 14 points, uh, 15 rebounds seven assists, five steals and a block. The guy just stuffs the stat sheet. Uh, So he's he's been a nice fit there so far. Honestly, the eye test for me, I watched them against the Bulls who are also on my list, as you may have surmised. And this is the toughest opponent the Bulls have faced so far. And I've seen just about every game from them this year. Uh, I don't know how they're doing it. They've already had some injuries with, uh, Tobias Harris and some missed time with uh, Joel Embiid, but it was impressive to see Drummond hold down the fort. I uh, still don't quite know how to feel about them. It's just such a weird situation with Ben Simmons. But if and when he comes back, he really turns them into a legit contender. I like the overall build of the team. They had a nice game. Tonight, uh, they beat the crap out of the Pistons. And, you know, you got 19 points and nine rebounds for Embiid. Uh, Maxi with 20 points, five assists. Seth Curry has been such a perfect fit for them. 23 points for them. And uh, I think that Seth Curry kind of filled that void where they were really missing J.J. Redick 
I know I've talked about this before, but he really made that team more functional just by the, the space he creates out there. And so they are my number five. So I actually have Philly as my number four. Okay. Um, so seven and two without Ben Simmons. And I think the important thing to recognize here is I think we expected them to not have Ben Simmons, but they're also seven and two without a replacement for Simmons. They didn't trade him. So they didn't get you know, kind of an equivalent. I know CJ McCollum has been rumored out there. Uh, you know, something that we've been talking about on the podcast is if you were to do Simmons straight up for Kyrie, uh, they don't have Kyrie. They don't have McCollum and they don't have Ben Simmons and they're still seven and two. So it just shows you how good of a coach Doc Rivers is and how good the rest of that roster is. They're just plugging in young guys who didn't get a lot of burn last year, but they're getting more playing time and there's not a lot of fall off. So I, I like how the Sixers have been playing so far. Um, they've done it without Joel Embiid for a game. And I think that Tobias Harris has now missed three games. So kind of your, your big two there, um, they're doing it without them as well. Uh, Maxi has been phenomenal. Uh, Thibel has kind of been a little bit better offensively than I think people may have realized. Uh, obviously an elite defender, but he's also uh, relatively efficient offensively. And then Seth Curry, and these are the numbers that I have in my notes here prior to tonight's game. So maybe that would have changed. And in fact, they did. Um, but 61% shooting from the field on 54% shooting from three. So those numbers are going to go down. But that is a ridiculous start for Seth Curry. Uh, I think he's around 17 points a game as well. So you're getting everything that you're looking for. And it, it's kind of like, are you treading water until Simmons comes back? Are you treading water till you can find a trade partner? Either way, they're not really losing ground, and they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So shout out to the Sixers for figuring it out so far, nine games in. Yeah, not missing a beat without Simmons is, I think, the most important and most impressive aspect. Uh, number four, I have the Chicago Bulls. I wanted to have them higher on this list. Uh, this is the team I think I was right about. Kurt, I'm patting myself on the back, all right? Well done. Everything I said was right. <laughs> Everything I said was right. <laughs> I What did I say? I said they're going to be a matchup nightmare. I said they were going to be extremely fast. I said that they're going to share the ball. I said that they're going to slash. They're doing all these things, and it's creating all sorts of problems for their opponents. Uh, I said that the, if they were a good defensive team, it was going to be based on quickness and being able to recover defensively. That's been the case. I'd still like to see them close out a little more consistently on three point shots. They really had a tough one last night against the Sixers. They were down big, almost pulled it off, uh, but they weren't able to get over the hump. They lost that one by five, one Oh three 98. And then their only other loss was the game I was at against the Knicks and DeMar DeRozan Gets an okay look. You know, it's a contested mid-range, but that's the guy you want taking it, right? Uh, but the Bulls lose 104-103 to the Knicks. Now, here's the thing. They haven't really faced a ton of good teams. They had a massive comeback victory against the Utah Jazz uh, Saturday. They won that one 107-99 to after they were kind of getting whooped. And so that's one thing that's impressed me about this team is they have a ton of fight. They're able to claw back into games. And there were points when they were just getting destroyed, you know, down 18 at one point, down 19, I think was the most they were down in that game. And they just dominated in the second half. 
and so that was very impressive because I actually have the Jazz on this list too, and obviously they're higher than the Bulls. I think the Jazz are such a good team is a litmus test. Sure, they don't have any like bona fide superstars right now. At least Donovan Mitchell, who I think is the closest thing, isn't playing that way early. But that's a team that's so complete that it's a very good way to evaluate like how good are we as a team. And to see the Bulls get a win against Utah definitely made it a little more serious for me because like that's great. You beat the Pistons twice. The Raptors aren't that good. And you beat the Pelicans. Um Another comeback win against the Celtics. That was impressive, especially because they won that game by 14 points after kind of being out of it. And so uh, they're number four for me for all the reasons we expected going in. Uh, It is a shame that Patrick Williams is out for the year, but I think they're going to be okay. Uh, But when you have guys like DeRozan is just putting up stupid numbers. He had a career high 37 the other night in the game against the Celtics. And, or maybe it was against the Jazz, but he, he had 37 the other night. He's been on fire. Uh, Zach Levine is in this perfect place where he's able to be the best scorer on the team, but this is also the least amount of pressure he's ever had as a Chicago bull, because now you have two other guys who are fantastic scorers. And then Lonzo ball, he is the conductor. He is the person that controls the pace in the flow for a team. that's identity is built on pace and flow. And so I, I love what I'm seeing out of the Bulls so far. They're my number four. I don't have them in my top five. And the reasoning for that is just like you mentioned, I don't think the body of work is there yet. I haven't seen them play enough good teams to really know what they are. And no, I'm not giving you credit for beating the Celtics. They suck. Okay. <laughs> um, but I do like the way they're playing. And I think one of the things too, and I know this is a power ranking, so it's just, you know, what we think of these teams, how do they stack up with the rest of the league? But, you know, maybe I'm kind of just like a victim of circumstance here. I'm not giving the Bulls credit because I think we expected this. This is completely different if we don't expect the Bulls to be doing these things. But, you know, I think that the Bulls are what we thought they were. And we're (laughs) not letting them off the hook. Um, So I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm very high on the Bulls, just not top five yet. I just need to see more from them. Uh, Number three, I have the Miami Heat. So entering, 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 entering today's game against the Celtics. Uh, leaders in points per game in the NBA, they have now dropped to eighth in the league. That's what happens when you score 78 points in a game. It's not going to get it done. Uh, bench production, top bench production in the league. I think that says a lot. Uh, depth is kind of one of the things that we harped on in the offseason when we were previewing these divisions. And the bench production has been there. And they lead the league in rebounds. And that's one of those things where if you can control the glass, you're going to be a really good team. Control pace. Uh, they have done that so far. And entering the day, They were uh, first in point differential. It was around like 16.7, I want to say. So blowing teams out and defending really, really well. After today's game, they've dropped now to second in the league at 12.5. So that's still a wide margin. You know, if you were to average it out for the whole 82-game season, which obviously you can't, there's going to be some sort of narrowing there uh, with the margins. But you're winning every single game by an average of about 12 and a half points. It, it says a lot about your basketball club. So I have the Miami heat number three right now. Yeah. They are my number three as well. I love that point differential stat. I think it's fantastic. Uh, also they are holding their opponents to 98.4 and that's a live statistic right now. So they're one of only two teams, in the NBA holding their opponent to under 
100 points a game. The other team is the Denver Nuggets at 99.4. And so uh, to hold a team under 99 and then score 111, just under 111 yourself is just wildly impressive. I think, you know, Tyler Hero is looking like we expected him to look last year. And one of three guys on the team was giving you at least 20 points a game, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and uh, Bam Adebayo. I still feel very good about my Bam Adebayo for Defensive Player of the Year pick uh, when you consider how great of a defensive team they've been. And uh, so many playmakers. I think that they're a little further along than a team like the Bulls, but they are very similar offensively in that that they have just so many – You have you're like – Jimmy Butler's your DeRozan, right? Your guy who's going to go get to the line. He's going to slash on you. He's going to hit his free throws. He's also a very good facilitator. And then you have a good passing big man. You have shooters all over the floor. I love the build and makeup of this team. I think two-way, the things that really separate my top three is they're all elite on both ends. And so for all the reasons... We've both said the Miami Heat are a force to be reckoned with. We'll see what the deal is with the Kyle Lowry injury. Uh, Looked like he got slid up on in this game. So hopefully he's good because he is very important to what they do. But they're a team with depth to at least weather the storm if he's going to miss a little bit of time. Uh, We'll see if he's ready to go against Utah. Uh, That one's going to be on Saturday. Uh, Who do you got at number two? So I think just based on what we've been saying and kind of the basketball minds that we are, I think our top two are going to be the same order might be different, but okay. I have the warriors at number two. They're my number one. <laughs> number one. Oh, okay. So then I know who your number two is and I know who my number one is obviously, cause I'm looking at my notes. Um, so golden state number two, top six in points per game, three point field goal percentage point differential rebounds per game, assists per game and points allowed. So you lead in top six in pretty much all the good, statistical categories you're a great basketball team uh wins over the lakers clippers and hornets so the body of work there obviously lakers clippers and hornets it's kind of a mixed bag you've seen really good from both or all three of those teams and you've seen kind of some underwhelming games as well but it's not like the warriors are just routing the the kings and the rockets and the pistons of the world you know they're they're playing some west teams that uh, should be pretty good down the road here. And I think the most impressive thing is they're still not at full strength. So Steph Curry is playing insane basketball right now. Uh, Moody has been good in stretches. Uh, Poole has been phenomenal, a guy that we have really mentioned. Um, And it's just one of those things where it's only going to get better. So I kind of group them in with Philly in the sense of like, they're so good right now. And in theory, they're only going to get better. So I'm giving them a lot of props right out of the gate here. Yeah, I I completely agree. And Draymond Green, I don't expect it to stay this way. And he isn't taking a ton of them, but he's shooting 60% from three so far, which is ridiculous. Um, And he kind of mentioned that he wasn't really, he didn't have his heart in it last year. But man, when they get Clay Thompson back, look out. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. only playing 17 minutes a game, 
but talk about a perfect role player for this Warriors team, a three and D guy who's shooting over 40% from three, a uh, Bielitsa shooting 40% from three, Gary Payton Jr. having the best game of his career maybe last night, and then Jordan Poole coming off the bench. It's reminiscent of those special Warriors teams where it wasn't just about the Splash Brothers, but it was about how deep that bench was and how that whole team could defend. And so the Warriors are looking like they might be back. And I'm very impressed. They're obviously, uh, as Coach Kerr said at the beginning of the season, this year they're chasing wins. So this is a team that knows what's at stake here. And they're not waiting for Steph to get healthy. Uh, They're waiting for Clay to get healthy, but they want to be at the top of the West when he gets back and then see if they can be a legit title contender when he returns. And you know what? I think people are going to be a little surprised. This is a guy who's a top 75 player all time, Kurt. Don't let the list fool you. All right. He's one of the top 75. He's probably top 69. He's probably top, top 50, maybe. All right. He's that good. And he's going to be open in the corner. And it's going to make Steph even more open because you're not going to be able to send four guys at Steph. And uh, what's going to happen when you have Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and uh, Clay on the floor together? And even though Jordan Poole's only shooting 30% from three right now, I love the confidence. He's, he's willing to shoot from anywhere. And that makes it tricky for the defense. No, he's not going to make them all, but kind of like Trey Young. You better guard him, though, because he'll make you look stupid. He'll make you look real stupid. And so uh, I, I've loved seeing the resurgence of the Warriors, as you know. I'm a Steve Kerr stan. I, I love him. Uh, and so it, it's good to see them doing well. And so that means your number one is the Utah Jazz? It is. Top five in points per game and points allowed. And one of the things that stands out to me is they beat a Hawks team that we're really high on by 18 points without Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell had been on a tear as well. He was out tonight with an ankle injury, but had been averaging 27 points a game over the last four games, I believe is what the stat I saw was. So Utah, this is kind of just an easy pick. They have the best record in the league. They're seven and one. Only loss on the season was to the Chicago Bulls, who are a very good team as well. So there's no, uh, you know, if you want to knock them, it, it's not really losing to a really bad team. I, I feel like if you lose to the Bulls once and that's your only blemish on the season, you're doing pretty well. Um, it's and a game they, they blew too, you know? Yeah. So it's just one of those things where you got 30 points from Jordan Clarkson tonight, uh, Bogdanovich 23 points, and then a nice little bag here with uh, Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, and Gobert uh, pitching in double-figure scoring total. So just a team, as we mentioned in the past, really good offensively, really good defensively, bench depth, starting depth. The only thing that you have to worry about is are they going to make shots in the playoffs and are people going to stay healthy and that's just something that we'll have to touch on way down the road because right now they're looking really good. And they'll probably be best regular season record in the league and eliminated in the second round. Could be. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so starting to wind down on this episode, Kurt, we got one more segment to get to, and that's quite simply surprises. Uh, we, we had our previews the last episode we did, and so it's perfect now. We talked about what we expected. What did you not expect? I have four things written down. I'll try to make it quick here, Adam. So bubble Tyler Hero is back. 
22 okay. points a game, 47% shooting from the floor, 40% from three. He just has like a different mentality. Like you, you kind of see it and he's just got more dog in him this year, trying to prove people wrong that maybe he didn't have a sophomore slump, even though he did, he's going to improve on that and be better down the road. Miles Bridges, most improved player of the year. If it ended today, without question, 24 points a game, doubling last year's total. He looks phenomenal. And one of the reasons for that, and something that we mentioned in previous episodes when we were breaking down the divisions, is you have LaMelo Ball as your starting point guard who's getting starters minutes. And there is no one better, in my opinion, in that kind of that pick and roll, uh, how's the chemistry looking, than LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. They just feed each other and have a really good, uh, like, synchronized game. And so uh, Miles Bridges just being way better, and he looks really smart right now for turning down that $60 million contract because right now he's a guy who's going to make over $100 million if he plays the way that he's playing right now the rest of the way. Um, then I have two teams, and these are, pe- are two teams who have kind of overperformed, I think, at this point because all the teams that are really bad right now, I honestly expected to be bad at this point. So there, is, there really isn't anyone who I'm like, oh, I was really high on, and they just – aren't great right now. Maybe you can throw the Celtics in there at four and five, but they're kind of on the uptick right now. I like the Raptors. Um, OG Ananobi has been really good, 20 points a game. Scotty Barnes was someone that I didn't really know what to expect, just a super athletic wing. And yeah, the shooting numbers have been down from three, around 22%, but 55 or 56% shooting from the floor, 18 and nine for a rookie. He looks really good right now. And they're all doing this without Pascal Siakam, who's probably their best player. So shout out to the Raptors for doing a lot better than I think I was going to give them credit for. And maybe it tapers off down the road, but right now they're looking really good. And the last thing I have is the Grizzlies. I love the way that the Grizzlies are playing. They beat Golden State. They beat Denver. Uh, They haven't had Dylan Brooks, who was a guy that we were really zooming in on this year and really expected big things from. So a major piece from them. And I think – Not necessarily it's a surprise, but John Morant shooting 52%, 7% higher than last year from the field, and he's shooting 37% from three, which is super respectable. And I know that he was a guy who was a slasher and a guy who can really push the ball and get to the cup, but his shooting was kind of something that remained to be seen, and he's been really good so far with the shooting numbers. 27 points a game, and then upping that steal total as well he's almost around two steals a game then I got to give a shout out to to Desmond Bain 18 points a game 47 percent shooting 41 percent from three he's really filled in nicely for Brooks yeah Bain has been off to a tremendous start uh someone I scooped up in fantasy uh on the on the waivers he definitely caught my attention uh yeah I I have all teams and I don't want to get too much into the first one because we've already kind of talked about them but the Sixers didn't expect them to be that good to start the year but they've been playing through all this and they're really good they haven't missed a beat as we said earlier now the Hawks what's going on uh we're we're four and five yeah is Pierce back I I guess they've they've lost to good teams they've beat bad teams but I'm just not impressed. Beat the Wizards. You got to beat the Wizards. They just got thrashed by the Sixers, 122-94. Uh, I was kind of expecting them to take a step forward. And I know it's super early, but this is not okay. Trey Young shooting 28% from three. 
not good. John Collins shooting 30% from three, not good. Uh, I just think that it's early and they'll figure it out. But I expected the Hawks to be in the upper echelon. And so far they're, they're mediocre. So I'm surprised by them. The Cleveland Cavaliers. And you know what, Kurt? They're not good. They're, uh, this is a complete fluke that they're five and four. They're going to finish uh, five and 77 is my prediction. They're going to lose every game for the rest of the year. I don't buy it. Uh, they aren't good. Uh, you know, they, they beat the trailblazers last night and I was just surprised. Uh, Jared Allen. I'd like Jared Allen. I like Evan Mobley, you know, Mobley had his 11 and 11 last night, Allen 24 and 17, but I just don't buy it, man. I don't buy it. And I'm surprised that they have five wins. Uh, Cause I thought they were only going to win four games all year, but here we are in uh, early November and they've already beaten my over my over. I, I said four and a half. I said four and a half wins <laughs> for the Cavs. So good for you, Cleveland. How's football season going anyway? Uh, <laughs> oh, it was ruthless. That was ruthless. I couldn't help myself though. An easy target, but they're still not going to be thrown to. <laughs> You're a menace. Oh, oh, oh boy. All right. Uh, the Indiana Pacers. I mean, we, we talked about not really knowing what to expect. So maybe it's weird that I have them in here, but they started one in six. They've won the last two games and you know, yesterday they beat the New York Knicks convincingly. And I think that they're going to be so much better. The more Karis Levert uh, plays. And I think that Malcolm Brogdon's having a really nice season and even miles Turner. I've been impressed with. It seems like he's pulling down more rebounds this year. Uh, but I'm mentioning all these players who are playing well, but like, why isn't it translating into wins? So that's my concern with them. Uh, I'm just, I don't know, man. They have too much talent to be three and six. I think that's my big issue. Uh, I, I want to see a bonus, a bonus be a, a little more aggressive. He's only taking uh, 13 and a half shots per game. And that's, that's fourth on the team. That's insane. So I was expecting them to be used a little bit better collectively. And so I'm disappointed that Carlisle doesn't have Sabonis taking at least 18 points per game, but Brogdon's leading the team in attempts and that's fine. Brogdon's really nice. Uh, He's going to get those shooting numbers up. He's only shooting 25% from three so far, but it's just surprising to me because you have, Miles Turner, Sabonis. I like Chris Duarte, Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I guess you don't have much of a bench. I don't know what the deal is with. Um, who's the guy who was awesome in the bubble? Drawing a blank right now. Oh, Warren. Warren. What's, yeah. what's the deal with DJ Warren? He's a bubble TJ Warren. I, I, I'm looking him up here. So, yeah, still no timetable. Come on, Butler. Just give me a yeah. Just give me a timetable. All right, that's disappointing. So, those are my reactions, Kurt. Not too much to react to, but that's where I'm at. Small sample size. Absolutely. Uh, anything you're looking forward to as we uh, gaze upon the future, the next uh, little stretch of games? 
just want the Celtics to get the ball moving going. Four and five on the season. It's got to be better. Back Brad. It's got to be better. Well, I mean, he's just upstairs. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's kind of bold to fire a really good coach. I don't, I don't know what they thought. Well, he, he was leaving on his own accord. Mutual, sure. mutual split was the, uh, yeah. Well, who Maybe knows? It's just too much stress. Maybe he's actually the mayor of, uh, or the, the governor of Indiana. Maybe he's looking at the Indiana job. Yeah, maybe. Next year. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. He would He would make them, uh, man, I, I would love to see him coach the college game again. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but, man, he would turn any program in the country around so fast. And I think that ball movement style really works well in the college game. NBA, you have a lot of really good ISO superstars, but it is a shame. I didn't know what it was going to look like with the Celtics, but it's not as crisp, man. It's not, it's not Steven's ball. And I miss Steven's ball. I want him to coach somewhere again, just for me. So when the Cavs go five and 77, are we going to be surprised when the Bulls go 80 and two? No, no, no. I had the over under at 79 and a half for the Bulls. <laughs> I'm taking the over. All right. <laughs> on that note, folks, uh, thank you for listening. Check out the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. He is our uh, graphic designer. If you want to get some work done, he'll do it for you. And we'll have the full court trap come back soon. Uh, hoping to get Coach Leo and Jump Shot Jesus, Stefano Bajos, on soon for our uh, season premiere for the trap. Uh, Kurt, always a pleasure having you on, my friend. And we have a, a special guest coming up. We haven't exactly nailed in a time but we have an agreement from a former nba player to come on the pod so keep your eyes and ears out folks thank you for listening and we will see you